We're here to talk rider basketball. And who better than Lynn Milligan, the head coach? Locked on women's basketball starts now. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi there, everyone. Happy Wednesday to you. I am Howard Magdal, founder and editor of The Next. I want to thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We do this every day, covering women's basketball 24-7, 365. Yeah, I'm sure if you've listened, you've been hearing our college previews. Of course, we had uh, Mitch Northam uh, from ACC Media Day yesterday. I have Andrew Marinus coming tomorrow, who wrote a terrific book about the 1976 uh, U.S. Uh, women's Olympic team. Uh, every day, this is what we do. And so we want to thank you. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, it's not just me. It's the whole group of us, uh, what we're building over at The Next, thenexthoops.com, where we had over 100 reported pieces about women's basketball every single month. And we'll continue with that. Uh, we got some great stuff coming up for you uh, and incredible previews across the college basketball landscape while we are keeping a close eye on those WNBA head coach openings as well. And so in just a few weeks, the great Isabel Rodriguez will head to Lawrenceville for a very special event. It is Stella Johnson Day. They're going to retire her number. And Lynn Milligan, who has done such great things with the Ryder program, I remember talking to you about Stella. We, you stayed late one night after we had a chance to hear for a story I was doing. And you were talking to me about how she was the real deal. And so for you to be able to kind of drink this in, to be able to have her here, to honor her, um, you know, uh, an honor that, you know, is clearly, clearly deserved for her. What has this meant to you to be able to plan these event, this event over, over this period of time? Well, it's been um, it's been amazing, you know, and um, going way back when, when we met, when you were covering Stella, I mean, the ride that she's been on over these last, you know, five, six, seven years um, has been amazing. Um, I, I just get to sit there and watch. I mean, she's just done such an amazing job representing herself, her family and, and obviously our program um, over the years and has really just meant so much to the program as far as how she went about her business, how she went from good to great, you know, which we all talk to our players about all the time. Can you get, everybody's good. Can you get to great? Um, and Stella got there, you know, through her discipline, through her hard work. Um, the numbers don't lie. The awards don't lie. The accolades don't lie. Um, the most important part to her was that we won and we did um, with her leading the way for our first, um, you know, MAC championship during that COVID year. And for us to be able to honor her by hanging her number in the rafters is is just something that had to happen. And we have a window to do it here based on her schedule um, and what she's doing, you know, with her professional career. So we're taking it. Um, it's our home opener, November 7th. Um, it's going to be an unbelievable night. But um, for us to be able to go into that gym every day and more importantly, for our young lady Bronx to go in that gym every day and see Stella's number hanging um, as the first female athlete to have her number retired here in our gym. Um, there's something special and it's going to be there forever. And it's a big part of our program. Um, you know, and, and what Stella meant to the program is, is obvious, but for us to be able to honor that really on a daily basis is something really special for me and for our entire program. 
for anyone who didn't get to see her play, you know, you mm -hmm. talked about the numbers and the numbers are obviously hugely significant when I mean, you can, you know, you tick them off, but there's something that I thought extended beyond that was just to see her, to see what she was able to do, sort of those extra effort plays. That was the thing that I came away with. That was the thing where I came away from thinking, all right, this is somebody who clearly is going to make the jump to the next level, the professional level, someone who I still believe uh, yeah. can play and contribute uh, significantly to a WNBA team. Absolutely. Um, how much does that impact a team for you? When you have a player, when your best player is – playing that hard and putting that much effort in, how much easier does that make your work as a coach? Well, it makes it easy because it's one of those things where it, when your best player is your hardest worker every day, not just on game day, every day, um, in practice, in everything, um, the classroom, extra work, in the gym, you know, before the sun's up most days and still is doing that. Mm -hmm. um, so when your best player sets the tone on a daily basis and everything that she does and the consistency level that she did it with, it does make your job a lot easier because it, it bleeds into the rest of rest of the team, you know, and, and that and Stella's senior year, she was, you know, with five other seniors and it was a special group, but um, it wasn't. And I said it all. I, I used to say it all the time. If you come into our gym, you're going to know who Stella is right away. But when you watch her play, you know, she was a leading scorer in the nation, but if you walked into our gym, you wouldn't know that because mm -hmm. it wasn't, she wasn't a volume. I'm going to take 40 shots to get my 25 points and see what happens. It was, I'm going to take the shots that I get. And she also led our team in assists, but she led our teams in steals because defensively was a big part of our game. Um, steals and blocks, things that she took a lot of pride in um, to take her game to the next level. So as far as, you know, talking about complete players, she's the most complete player that I've ever coached. And it's not even close. Um, because she is a true two-way player. And Stella and I used to, I mean, she compared herself to it, and we always compared herself. She's a Kawhi Leonard-type player. You know, right. she to me, she's a Maya Moore-type player on the women's side where she can do um, just literally a little bit of everything but be a step ahead. The intelligence that she had on the court um, helped her play with such grace and such ease, um, which – her teammates fed off of that. There was a, there was a calmness about the way we went about things that year. And it, it all started with Stella. And, and, and the defense uh, to me, what I thought of was, you know, a collegiate to meet your catchings also, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. you know, and, and the, and the thing that stands out is she was, you know, a guard who was the seventh in program history and rebounding. Yeah, exactly. And she took yeah, those are the parts of the game that she took a lot of pride in because yeah. if you go back to, I mean, her story has been well written, but if you go back to her high school days to her AAU teams, mm -hmm. she wasn't a thousand point scorer in high school. She wasn't the first or second option on her AAU team. So she was brought up in the game and succeeded in the game doing all the other little things. Mm -hmm. And then she comes here, player development, the work she put in. Now all of a sudden she can score. Like scoring was probably the last piece to her puzzle where mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's the first piece. And, oh, by the way, you also have to play defense. We'd like you to rebound. That's what Stella did. She was complete at that part of her game before she got here. We were just able to take it up another level, take it up a notch, and then the scoring came along with that as she developed confidence. You know, freshman year, I had to beg her to shoot. You know, I'm like, you got you to gotta shoot the ball, Stella. You got to shoot the ball because she was go to the basket. And then she learned how to extend her game and put the work in. Um, so the scoring actually came last for her, which – you know, when you talk about a professional career, you talk about the next level. That's a that's a nice way to go about it mm -hmm. because um, that's what people want. They want people that can do everything. And she takes pride in the other parts of her game, not just the scoring. 
it's something that I'm delighted to see. It's something that I think, and, and again, you and I share a common uh, Jersey bias and Jersey heritage. And so yes. seeing this happen in the Garden State was something I think wonderful. I think it's something also uh, that is going to be a big event, obviously, and, and anyone who's in the area should make sure you get out there on yeah. November 7th. Um, but uh, but it's happening within the midst of some really exciting things, obviously, on the infrastructure side as well, where we're seeing uh, the building uh, grow and develop. And uh, I, I'm somebody I, I grew up about an hour away from Lawrenceville. I uh, have long enjoyed what Alumni Gymnasium uh, has been. But yeah. take me through kind of these changes and where we are in them and, you know, what people are going to be able to see, you know, when they get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been a long, um, a long plan, an overall plan to, to just enhance everything um, within our little world here on Alumni Gym. Started mm -hmm. back about five or six years ago with the addition of the practice facility um, and our new women's basketball offices, our men's basketball offices and the upgrades to our locker rooms, which have been really game changers for us because those pieces um, enhance our day to day um, with how we do things. Um, so that's been a huge help. Um, our administration has done an amazing job just continuing to grow um, everything about our program and everything about the athletics entire department here at Ryder. But Alumni Gym will, will have a facelift hopefully sooner than later. You know, obviously, I think COVID slowed some things down, but um, making it a little bit more of an arena type feel um, right now. Uh, brand new bleachers, our score, our uh, video board, all that stuff is up and running. It looks fantastic. Um, the Mac being, you know, partnered with the ESPN. So our broadcasts are, are first class. They look terrific in our gym. The floor looks terrific. So it's all those little pieces that really help um, just kind of put the whole package together. Uh, and it's just going to keep growing and growing. And, and you know, we just want to do our part and keep growing our program and keep growing our culture and and having players like Stella and having other young ladies in our program that just want to represent the uniform the way it's supposed to be. So I want to talk more about those current players and a really interesting schedule uh, coming up ahead. Um, first, I, I want to make sure that people know about prize picks, which is, of course, uh, a daily fantasy game where you can pick two to five players and see if they will score more or less than the prize picks projection. Uh, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projection available. Uh, and most significantly to me, they offer projections. It's not just an NBA NFL game. Uh, they have WNBA, they have women's college basketball, NWSL. Um, as, as we well know, um, seeing the women's game grow requires seeing that in all facets of the game, including things like daily fantasy. And so it's currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. So you just go download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com. Use promo code locked on. And if you deposit 100 bucks, PrizePix will give you $100. There's a, an instant match up to 100 bucks. Again, that's promo code locked on. Sign up for instant deposit match. Go to prize picks and do it. So let's talk about it's a little bit of a road trip. Yeah. That you're not, coming up. not your typical, you know, you're not no. going out of state, you're going out of country. Uh, yes. We have coming up with a trip to Ireland. Mm -hmm. How does that come about? Uh, University of North Florida, you got on Friday, the 18th of November, Eastern mm -hmm. Kentucky coming up on Saturday, November 19th. Take yeah. me through kind of what that process was to go ahead and uh, get that scheduled. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's going to be an amazing experience. We're, we're incredibly fortunate and incredibly um, excited to, to make this trip. But what the, what the tournament is, it's a, um, the Mac A-Sun Challenge. 
um, which the Mac and the A Sun obviously sponsor along with um, Sport Changes Life and Inspiris over in Ireland, which is a company that um, is an amazing company, amazing people over there. I was fortunate to go over in 2017 with a couple coaches um, and do some clinics and things over there. So the people over there, we know exactly who's running the tournament, how they're running it. It's going to be first class all the way. And we're really excited about it. But we were fortunate enough to be um, you know, chosen by the MAC to go over and represent the women's side. Uh, there's four women's teams, four men's teams going over. So it's a pretty big tournament um, right in the city of Dublin. So we'll be over there um, for just about a week, um, being able to play on that Friday and Saturday, but more importantly, having, um, you know, I call them remember when moments, having a giant remember when program for our kids, which is something they're going to remember for the rest of their lives and just be able to go over there and, and soak in the culture, the culture, do some sightseeing, be a tourist for a couple of days, um, and then wrap up the trip with two really um, great games against some really good ASUN teams. Um, so it's going to be a great trip. And it's, it's something that we're really fortunate that the Mac, um, and our commissioner, Rich Enzer just really has the foresight and just the, always a step ahead, um, to put, you know, to put our conference in, in a spotlight, um, that's new and that other people maybe haven't done yet. And for us to be a part of it and the initial, um, ASUN Mac challenge in Dublin is, is really special. Um, not something we're taking for granted. We're going to work our butts off to go over there and represent the conference and rider the best way we can. Um, and at the same time, you know, enjoy ourselves and, and like I said, immerse our kids in some culture and, and, and learn a couple things about um, new things. But it's, uh, it's going to be really exciting. And it's, it's an interesting time of year, obviously, to go overseas, but um, something that um, the whole program is really excited for. We have a lot of international players. So really hard. It's funny because, you know, coaches always talk about, you know, you want to bring your kids home and play in front of their families. I get to do that and have my player from England, Germany, Sweden, yeah. the Netherlands, all their families meeting right in Dublin. So it's going to be an amazing experience. We're going to have a ton of fans. Um, fortunately, our men are on the on the men's side. So both men and women from Ryder get to go. So the contingency from Ryder is going to be it's going to be big. I think we're going to be taking over Dublin. It's going to be awesome. That's awesome. That, that, I mean, it, it just sounds like so much fun. And obviously, you know, it's part of an early season schedule. Your dad test almost right away that that trip to Drexel, yeah. uh, a program which I know you are very familiar with from yes. uh, past experience, you know, gives yeah. you a chance to see uh, as soon as November 10th mm -hmm. what you have. And so, I, you know, when you have these kind of early season uh, tests, how significant is it to have the experience in the backcourt that you have with Michaela yeah. Fireball and uh, Jessica Schiffler, you know, Jessica, as you mentioned, uh, played, I believe, U18 on the German national team, um, yes. to be able to uh, navigate that early on. And, and I just more specifically to those two, what are the next steps in their game that you, yeah. that you see in order to take the step forward in the MAC that I'm sure you want to do this year? Right. The, the um, you know, I've always said you win with guards. Um, and our guard core is the veteran core, um, obviously with Michaela, with Jessica, and then with Amanda Bo Mobley being back for her fifth year as our point guard. And as you know, she was a starting point guard on that championship team. So Amanda's healthy. Um, Michaela, right. and Nick, I think took Michaela took a big step last year, you know, coming off her rookie of the year season. And then Jessica seamlessly, um, fit herself right into the flow of our guards. Um, and Jess can play either guard. Actually, all three of them can play any guard spot. Um, so I think it gives us a lot of scoring punch on the perimeter as well. All three of them are, are fantastic shooters. Um, I think Michaela has taken her game to another level as far as adding that third level of scoring, um, mm -hmm. getting into the pain a little bit more consistently now. So I think that's going to be a big piece for her. They've all grown um, physically and mentally um, with their bodies, with their nutrition, um, and just with their 
mental toughness, just being a year older, you know? And, and I think last year, if you asked all three of them, um, we underachieved, you know, we left some wins on the table. We left some things on the table that um, we want to get back. And, you know, we've talked about that since the day the season ended. So um, the work we've done, um, a little chip on our shoulder, you know, because we know that we had some, we had control over some things last year that we kind of let get away from us. Um, mm-hmm. So just kind of tighten things up again, get back to our details, get back to where we need to be to be successful on the court and get the results that we want. A non-conference schedule challenging um, as it is, is, is why, you know, we've got to be ready. Um, you're very familiar with the Mac. It is a tough conference and we've got some outstanding players and some amazing coaches. So for us to be tested in the non-conference is critical for us to be able to compete in the Mac. I know Columbia is probably one of those games when you think back to last year, right. That, you know, to be right there with a team that frankly Great. was an NCAA tournament team. I mean, I know they ended yep. up ultimately in the NIT, but then we saw yeah. them, make that huge run in the NIT and, and yeah. you know, Columbia and Princeton would be neck and neck uh, this yeah. year. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a game similarly that you have on uh, your mind when you think about this schedule that will help to tell you that? I mean, is it, you know, again, St. Joe's. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, you know, what, what do you, what do you have in mind as sort of a thing, uh, uh, let us say a barometer early on that will yeah. help us get a sense of where, well, where you are. I think the first barometer is going to be our game on November 7th at home opener against NJIT because it's our home opener. We haven't had a home opener um, on opening day in a very, very long time. And then obviously the hoopla surrounding that game. So that's going to be a good test for us mentally to be able to, you know, put our emotions aside and really lock in on that game and to be able to have a home game that early in the season um, with the potential of winning um, a home game early is a big deal for us. Um, mm-hmm. Right on the road, obviously to Drexel, who's been a postseason participant i mean denise and amy amy taking over has done an amazing job there um they have a beat so right back on the road against them um you know that first week's going to be tough and then go up to st francis new york on that sunday and leave for ireland on monday so keeping us focused that first week um i think is the challenge that i'll be tasked with to make sure that we're not looking ahead to you know this trip that we've got three games in about six days that we need to take care of business and put ourselves um in a good spot early in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Lehigh's a game that's going to be a big test for us as well, because that was where we played Columbia last year. And that um, we played a very good game against Lehigh um, mm-hmm. the day before that in the opener of that tournament. Um, and they ended up, you know, having obviously a fantastic year, but that was a game we were up six with about three minutes left and let that one get away and then come back the next day or uh, the day before and play Columbia. Um, you know, we had a three at the buzzer to tie it. So there were some games like that that, um, you know, I think this year being a little bit older, um, we're going to be in a better situation at the end of games to close out some of those games. You know, we had a couple conference games last year that were the same way, you know, held a lead against Quinnipiac at home in the last minute, lost it, held a lead against Niagara at home, lost it. So we had a handful of games last year that, like I said, were in our control um, Mm -hmm. that we let slip. So I want to put us in, in tough situations early. You know, at tracks, having St. Joe's going up to to Seton Hall on a short turnaround, going down to Navy, who we played some fantastic games with um, yeah. over the years. So, you know, I, I mean, I do the schedule. I think it's a good schedule. I think it's an incredibly challenging schedule. I think there's parts of the schedule that will challenge us as far as the placement of games. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, the three games early and then over to Ireland and then, you know, that stretch of Navy, St. Joe's, Seton Hall within a week. So, um you know, I didn't do us a lot of favors in that regard, but I want to challenge us. You know, we're an older 
veteran team and we need to be challenged. We need to know where we stand early. Um, so we know that we've advanced and, and created the atmosphere that we need to mentally um, to take care of some games, like I said, that we let go last year. And you have won so much and everywhere you've been, obviously, but especially at your alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, is this it, what I've seen just in terms of when I cover teams is the, the mm-hmm. wins are kind of the last thing to click mm-hmm. into place. It's almost like when you're opening a safe, you yeah. can get most of the way there, but until all the numbers are there and the combination mm-hmm. is full, it doesn't open, you know? Right. And does it feel to you like that's where this team is ready to be? I, I do feel that way a little bit. Yeah. Because it, you know, I, I don't like to compare teams to past teams, but this team last year's team had a little bit of a feel to the year before Stella got here. Um, we, we had kind of underachieved with that team and left some things out there. Um, the following year, Stella was kind of that missing piece, you know, her freshman year where we had that first run, um, that first tournament run in the NIT where we were able to get there and get to the finals in the MAC. This team reminds me of that team a little bit for the, simply for the fact that they have a chip on their shoulder because they know what they left out there last year. So sometimes mm-hmm. when you have that chip on your shoulder, it can give you that little bit of an edge. It can give you that little bit of an advantage um, where, hey, we've been here before. Now we, we know what we're doing. Um, so let's make sure we get the result we want. So it reminds me of that a little bit. Um, I like the core we have. They've been together, um, you know, going on three years with Amanda, Michaela, um, Jessica, obviously her second year, but with Anna Eckerstadt, with Rafi Toussaint. I mean, Raf, Rafi's been, you know, she's one of the toughest matchups in the league. Um, so that been together. So I think they're ready for that next step. We should talk about Rafi. She, she yeah. was your leading rebounder last year, of mm-hmm. course, and somebody who can also stretch the floor at six feet tall, um, mm-hmm. but can hit the three. I think it was around 40% last year yeah. in memory serves. But is she she obviously grabs rebounds for you. Does she mm-hmm. need help on the board? You know, your, yes. your teams are top 100 mm-hmm. in the country when they're elite in terms mm-hmm. of rebound rate. Right. And rebound rate obviously was way down yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. I know you went with guards. I I, I know you've yeah. talked about that as well. But mm-hmm. the metric, like where do you guys need to be? What do you use to measure that even to say yeah. like, right, this is where we got to be on the boards in order to get to where we need to go? Yeah, I mean, last year, I mean, we talk, we've talked about that a lot. I mean, we did not get the production from our post that we needed. And we certainly didn't rebound the basketball. It's probably our biggest weakness, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've taken some steps to correct that. I think the um, growth of Rafi. Um, we will see her even better. I, I think she's very capable of averaging a double-double for us this year. Um, I think the growth of Victoria Toomey, who is a four-year post for us, who looks as good as she's ever looked, um, I think that's a big change. And then one of our newcomers, um, Tony Blanford, who is a junior college transfer, is a rebounder, flat out, mm-hmm. flat out. Um, so I think the combination of them uh, is going to make us a better rebounding team than we were. Uh, Michaela is a very good rebounding guard. Um, so I think that's going to help as well. So I think we've, we plugged some of those holes. Um, it's obviously going to be a big test for us because it was a, a large weakness for us last year. But I think with the growth of those players and the addition of Tony, I think we're going to be in a better situation this year than we were last year. Tony, of course, out of Montclair, New Jersey. So mm-hmm. if you need a rebound, you go get a Jersey kid to do it. Exactly. Well, yeah. And Tony's got that toughness, you know, she's got that toughness about her and she's not afraid of the physicality. Um, and she finishes extremely well. Well, I can't tell you how excited I am that this season is around the corner now and mm-hmm. really looking forward to it. Um, I also want to thank our listeners uh, for making us uh, Locked On Women's Basketball, your first listen every day. Um, I'm going to urge you for your second listen to go check out uh, the Ultimate NBA uh, Preview 
2022. Uh, the NBA, as I understand it, is the little brother lead to the WNBA, where men play basketball. So, you know, good luck to them. And the local team experts and NBA insiders of the Lockdown Podcast Network and Odyssey all combine into one Ultimate NBA Preview. So just search for Ultimate Pro NBA Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your content, uh, your podcasts. The NBA is a fine thing to go check out on days that you can't get to a women's basketball game. That's how I see it. Well, well said. Well, Coach Lynn Milligan, always a pleasure catching up with you. Uh, all the best to your Ryder Bronze this year. And uh, to our listeners, uh, make sure you check in with us tomorrow for Andrew Marinus. Uh, end of the week, Jackie Powell, Natalie Haverin have great things planned for you coming up as well. Uh, go to the netsoups.com. Uh, we're going to just keep on doing it. We've built the thing. So come enjoy it with us. Until then, I am Howard Meddahl wishing you a wonderful Wednesday. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 